0: Welcome. I am your host Nicole Nyberg. I am a neonatal nurse practitioner and also a proud premium mama to my son William who just happens to be a former 23-weeker. So if you are a current or former NICU parent, you have come to the right place. I have been exactly where you are and I know what you're going through. We will be discussing all things related to the neonatal intensive care unit for preterm and term infants, as well as some of the emotions and struggles parents endure along the way in the NICU and beyond. So tune in and get ready to become educated and empowered. This is the Empowering NICU Parents Podcast. While I make every effort to broadcast correct and up-to-date information, medicine is constantly evolving and advancing, and I continue to learn new things each day. Every NICU baby and their journey is different, and every institution varies in their practices as well. So please, always consult your obstetrician and your infant's physician for any medical issues or concerns. I am presenting from my personal experience and knowledge. My opinions do not represent that of my employers. If your baby is currently in the NICU, This podcast episode is for you. I hope you as NICU parents have been educated on the importance of your involvement with your baby, even while they are in the NICU. Parental engagement in the NICU has a plethora of benefits, and not just for your baby, but for you as parents as well. We want you to know that as NICU parents, although you may feel completely powerless, you play a major role in the success of your baby by being present and simply loving on your infant. In the NICU, we cannot have positive outcomes for our infants without empowering and involving the parents. This is not meant to put additional pressure on you as a parent, but to simply remind you and ensure that you know your role is incredibly important, even in the NICU. Stay tuned to learn how your involvement as a parent can positively change the trajectory of the developmental outcomes for your baby. Have you been searching for the perfect NICU journal and you've been unable to find it? We created a comprehensive NICU journal called Our NICU Roadmap. The journal is specific for NICU infants and includes everything you have been looking for plus more. It is a detailed roadmap guided by me, a neonatal nurse practitioner, to ease the NICU journey from admission to discharge. We took all of your suggestions to heart and recently revised the journal based on your feedback as well. So it is now smaller in size and will fit right into your bag, plus a better price. As a former NICU parent of a micropremi, I personally know how difficult the NICU journey can be. I learned as we ventured down our personal NICU path That although I had the medical knowledge and experience on my side, as a parent, I felt that there were tools missing that would have helped us along the way. The journal has everything I felt was pertinent, both as a neonatal nurse practitioner and a former NICU mother. Our NICU roadmap provides a place for you to document all of your baby's progress in the NICU with enough space to do it as well. It will equip you with all of the necessary tools so you can confidently become an active member of your baby's care team. We've included educational resources to help you understand the NICU journey, including bits of advice. We address common questions for all NICU parents. We incorporated a detailed glossary that covers terms and abbreviations common to the NICU, a NICU image to help you understand equipment commonly used in the NICU, And we included questions we believe you as parents should ask your NICU regarding potential amenities available to you. Next, we included specific areas to document all of the details on your amazing miracle, including birth stats, delivery details, weekly measurements, eye exam, and head ultrasound results. Not sure what questions to even ask the NICU care team? We have you covered. The daily log guides you with questions to ask the care team each day, plus adequate space to document all of the pertinent updates, including, but not limited to, lab results, respiratory settings, feedings, who cared for your baby, and a place for you to write down your questions and the plan for the day. We also included a separate full journal section in the back to help you document and process all of your feelings and emotions during your personal journey. In our journal, you will find everything you need plus the finite details you have not even thought of yet. I promise you, you will look back on this and be amazed by your little one and all of their achievements. It will be such a great keepsake for you to have. So go and grab your comprehensive NICU journal now on Amazon. Just search for Our NICU Roadmap or for the link along with additional details and images of our journal, head to empoweringNICUparents.com forward slash NICU journal. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Ergo Baby. Shop confidently for your baby's carrier and swaddlers with Ergo Baby. They are acknowledged as hip healthy products by the International Hip Dysplasia Institute, ensuring that their baby carriers are comfortable, ergonomic, and safe for your baby's hips. The carriers are ergonomically designed to cradle your baby in a natural sitting position and to evenly distribute your baby's weight between your hips and shoulders. Or consider their wraps that are perfect for your newborn through their first year. The thin, breathable fabric will keep you and your baby cool while you're close together. With the perfect amount of softness and stretchiness, find comfort knowing that your baby is secure and well-supported. Ergo Baby Reversible Strollers are a must-see. They are designed with a smart, busy parent in mind. They are lightweight, durable, and compatible with multiple infant car seats. With safety and convenience in mind, the reversible stroller allows you to seamlessly rotate the stroller handle from back to front to alternate the direction your baby or toddler is facing and to seamlessly transition them from a baby stroller into a toddler stroller once your little one is big enough. Shop all of your baby's must-haves, including Ergo Baby's baby carriers, swaddlers, wraps, sleep sacks, nursing pillows, diaper bags, and so much more at empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash Ergo Baby. That is empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash E-R-G-O-B-A-B-Y. Or find the link in our show notes. Now back to the episode. On today's podcast, I continued my discussion with our guest, Katie Ross. She is a neonatal occupational therapist and is very passionate about positively fostering the development of our specialized NICU population from the earliest stage of life. Today, we continued our discussion on infant mental health and how it can be positively affected by parental involvement. Katie and I are both very passionate about parents being actively engaged while their baby is in the NICU. We have both seen how impactful parental participation can be for NICU babies and the family unit as a whole. After I had my son William at 23 weeks and I personally witnessed his NICU journey and in the years that have followed, it has become even more apparent to me just how important parental engagement is for NICU babies. With my unique perspective as an NNP, but also a mother to a former micropreemie, it is my mission to educate both NICU parents and clinicians on the benefits of parental involvement and how impactful it can be for the infant and the entire family unit. Empowering NICU Parents, this podcast, and our NICU Journal were created to support, educate, and empower NICU parents. I believe that if we as clinicians can provide psychosocial support, education, and encouragement to NICU parents, they will embrace that knowledge, become empowered, and ultimately more involved in their baby's daily care. It is also why I recently became a partner at Families Bridge to Caring Hands, and I fully support the mission to improve the experience of NICU families. Despite the NICU journey being incredibly difficult, We want to help parents create meaningful connections with the NICU care team prior to their baby's admission and during their time in the NICU with evidence-based education that engages parents in the care of their infant. Not only do we strongly believe in the power of parental participation, but research has shown that when parents are present, they do skin-to-skin care, begin to respond to their infant's cues, and learn to care for their own baby it results in positive short and long-term outcomes for the baby. So keep listening to learn how parental involvement is so impactful. I think education, like you said, is so important because there are very serious lines and tubes that we don't want to disrupt. But there are also, the majority of them are, yes, pretty benign if they do come off. But parents don't know that or understand that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important because like you said, this is their child, you know, all of those right. moments of them first coming out and all that joy was disrupted. And then now they see them connected to all these things that they don't understand and just simple explanations and breaking it down, I think definitely helps. And then I believe in early involvement, the more that you can get them hands on and assisting with and introducing them to things, I think the the better it'll be in the long run as far as their ability to feel comfortable and caring for their own infant.
1: Absolutely. I always it came to me like I'm like, you know, the NICU is like the rehearsal space for home. And it's the safe rehearsal space. And every baby, I think we think premature babies, but you've hinted out, you know, all the term babies that are there too. You know, sometimes we have babies who are there for gosh if you're in a level four or three with surgical access, you could be have right. babies there for eight months a year. I've celebrated first birthdays in the NICU. or you might have a week. You know, right. I think about some of our babies with encephalopathic injuries that, you know, are very, very sick at the beginning are cooled. But then, man, those babies can really bounce, <laughs> bounce right. back and be home within seven to ten days. So really getting parents, like you said, involved really early in those cases is so, so important. And I think as providers, it's just important to meet them where they're at, which you've hinted at. Um, yes. Because I've worked with parents who are, man, they are ready. <laughs> they are ready to get their hands in that isolate. They want to do all the things. And I have had parents who, when I ask, you know, we're on day 10 or something, and I'm like, have you done a diaper change yet? And the answer is no. No. And in my head, I'm like, yes, like it gets to be me. Like we get to do a 40-minute diaper change because it just takes so long sometimes. Right. And I'm just like, yes, let's sit and meet you where you're at. I'm like, would you like to do one? And they're like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I'm a little nervous. I'm like, you know, let me walk you through it. And even still, sometimes I'll use like – The therapy mind in me uses these tasks that we even use with people who have like stroke or when we're reteaching skills, we'll use this thing called chaining where we do like all of the tasks except for the last little bit. So sometimes I've like done that with parents where I do the full diaper change, but then I let them connect the straps just depending on level of comfort or I let them do the last piece, or the first thing, or whatever, wherever kind of our vibe and our rapport is that we feel like they need to start. But it is pretty empowering to hear parents talk about that first change. I always have families in my mind when I think when I say these things, because I'm just thinking about some dads, especially all these dads come to my mind because they're not with their babies as often. So you have this even shorter window of time to get them comfortable get them comfortable sounds so casual, but um, to help them feel as comfortable as possible with handling their baby who they're not used to seeing in that way too, but letting them know, oh, my hands are so big or they're so cold or whatever these comments are, reassuring them of that and how resilient their baby is and things don't have to be perfect. They just want you and it's a really empowering moment for parents, that that first touch, that first diaper change.
0: Absolutely. And I think you bring up such a great point, just even the difference in parents, you know, mothers and fathers or, you know, mothers and whomever their significant other is that a lot of times they're on different time schedules as well, because perhaps the fathers haven't been exposed or been in there every day that they've been involved in diaper cares or they haven't done kangaroo care every day. Mm -hmm. And I know with William, our son, my husband was obviously apprehensive at first, but the first time I had him do kangaroo care and I had him do the standing transfer, he did it. And then from then on, he continued to do it and he, you know, he did it well. It was empowering for him, you know, even so much to the point that if William wasn't having a good day, and it maybe wasn't recommended for us to do kangaroo care. My husband stood up and said, "I'm taking him out." Obviously, yeah. with the approval of the nurses, but he's like, "I'm." But I'm I love that. Yes. <laughs> he's like, "I'm taking. I'm going to hold him skin to skin." And he, and he he did, and obviously, again, we got the nurses' approval. And William was having, like I said, just a bad day. And the second he got on his dad's chest, he did. He kind of like chilled out and he did amazing. So there's so much to be said for that that. empowerment and, but also just reading where parents are at because yes, not only will different parents be on different levels, but even parents of the same baby might be Mm -hmm. very much far behind. And I think, again, it kind of goes back to family centered care and we need to cater to each family and where they're at. It's not one size fits all. It's going to be very different for every family. and with your son being in the NICU, even for that short time. And, and, you know, again, with William being in there, there's so much to be said for just involving the parents and congratulating them when they do something as simple as fixing the strap on the diaper. I mean, that's for some parents, that's huge because it took an awful lot for them to stand up there and be even willing to want to try to do that. So Mm -hmm. it again, goes back to simplicity. It seems as if you're coaching and, you know, you're, almost over-exaggerating, but as a parent, you know, it just feels so good to know that what you did, you did well, and it'll bring them back to do wanting to do more.
1: Yep. I always, you know, that wanting to do more piece, I feel like that you just said is so important in creating the first experience to be positive, as positive as possible, which, you know, the babies run the show for sure. Right. So sometimes we can have, you know, an, a negative response with whatever cares is happening or skin-to-skin transfer or things like that. But re- I really, really work and try to use all the skills possible to make that first interaction with their baby positive, alarms not going off, nothing that's going to set off this fear or this like fight or flight response in a parent whether it's from something that is truly something we need to be careful about, like a baby getting extubated during skin-to-skin care transfer, or whether or not it's something benign, like the pulse oximeter is not picking up and your baby's waveform is not appropriate, but it looks like they're 50. So I think that... Again, creating those positive experiences is empowering with getting confident. And again, the whole purpose of talking about this is infant mental health. And this is all 100% related because we can't have positive outcomes for babies and their mental health status without empowering parents to with the tools they need to care for their baby. The parents and caregivers, like we are the buffers for our children. We're the bridge to their world um, is what I always say. And because I have two pandemic babies pandemials, I've learned is what they're called. (laughs) (laughs) So that's um, interesting, but I have two, you know, my first was three months old when everything shut down. And, you know, I just had another one and lots of anxiety written throughout those um, years as a new parent and lots of questions about, you know, how is this going to impact, you know, his psychosocial skills, his social skills, his emotional skills, all of those kinds of things. And I think that my background in development has really helped me have more of a level head, I like to think, kind of a a peace and a calm because I know how powerful the buffer of a parent is. And not even just a parent, but just your close circle, your people, um, your grandparents, whomever it may be that's surrounding this child after the residual effects of whatever this negative circumstance is. And there's, again, there's peace in that, which... I think is something that a lot of people need to hear, I mean, in this day and age when we worry about how all of this has affected our, our tiny humans.
0: Right. And that's one of the things that I love about how you're talking about the infant mental health, because as adults, we hear about mental health all the time and how important it is. And I think it really then brings it full circle and full picture that you you get it then even with your babies and their mental health and how important it is. And And that we, as parents, again, we always want the best for our kids. And I love how you said that the NICU is even rehearsal for home because, especially in the NICU, as care team members and clinicians, obviously we want our babies to go home. But most importantly is we want them to go home to a very healthy, happy, whole family environment with everybody being healthy. So the parents and the baby, because... If the parents aren't healthy and they do not feel competent in taking care of their baby, unfortunately, it will affect their baby and their outcomes. So they need to be confident. They need to know that they are exactly the person that their baby needs and that they know what they're doing. And I think that's a huge part of our job is ensuring that not only do they know what they're doing, but that we reassure them that they're doing it well. Because right. again, I think just as a parent in general, if and you can probably speak to this as a mom, I know that I can. If anything negative happens with my son, I immediately turn it on myself. Well, what what have I done? Like what did yeah. I what did I do wrong? Or where did I where did I not complete the circle and how have yes. I affected this? So I think that happens for all parents. I think it especially happens for mothers. Sorry, dads, but I think it's the first oh, instinctual so instinctual <laughs> thing that we do as moms. So especially for those NICU moms, it's It's just really tricky because you already have so much guilt as it is that your baby was in the NICU and then now to have this additional guilt that you may or may not have done something wrong. So I think it's, again, so important parental involvement and that we build these parents up so they are confident in taking care of their babies when they get home. And Mm -hmm. so you know we're talking about parental involvement and how important it is to everybody, but especially I know you and I are very passionate about it. What are some of the positive effects? So we've touched a little bit on it, but even developmentally for our NICU babies that once parents are involved and the trajectory of them developmentally and even socially in the long term, if you could speak to a little bit about that.
1: So again, some, you know, there's been a lot of research that's really come out about parent involvement in the NICU, parent presence in the NICU, um, whether parents are holding their babies. And We really have positive outcomes on both sides. When parents are involved with their babies, not only do we have positive maternal health outcomes, mom outcomes, I wish I could say father, but honestly, dads just are not studied as much. Right. The research is growing on father participation. There is some amazing research out there. We know that when dads are involved, the rates of maternal postpartum depression go down. And actually, it's funny, there was a study, it's just one, so I'm not sure we can super generalize it to everything, but when dads were there and held their babies, those babies had greater weight gain than babies who were not held by their dads. So the benefits of kangaroo care, um, I'm sure. But then we also have the benefits of this participation for the baby. And that's the piece that I think is amazing for parents to see and hear is because there is that. Tug of war between the nurse doing care and the parent doing care. And I always like to remind parents that, like, I'm not just telling you you're important because, like, I'm being nice. (laughs) Like, I'm telling you you're important because we know based on these research studies that when you do care, your baby has a decreased length of stay. They show greater weight gain, they get to PO feedings faster these are medical goals. You know, if I ask a parent, you know, I'm obviously looking at development and we can look at, you know, the benefits of parent involvement for those outcomes as well. You know, when we have babies who were held during the week, we have better, you know, language scores at four and five years old, parents who hold their baby. Again, a lot of it is around holding as far as, you know, holding your baby compared to just being present with your baby. But We did see there's a study done a couple of years ago that talked about, you know, parent presence in the NICU. And if you're just present in the NICU, that your baby has better fine motor and gross motor skill development at four and five years old and better social emotional regulation years down the road, 14 and 15 years old. So these are like effects that are happening like years and years and years down the road by facilitating this involvement early on which is pretty amazing. And again, the beauty of this buffering relationship of the parent and the family in an infant's life.
0: Yes, I appreciate you mentioning some of the studies because so much of it, again, I think as a parent, you think short-term, getting your baby home from the NICU, number one, and then you know if they're on oxygen or monitors, getting them off of that, and then getting to the point that you feel like they're more stable And all of those are obviously incredibly positive and good milestones that as parents you want to achieve. But I can personally speak to just even having, again, William was a 23 weeker and now he's seven, he's almost eight years old, but the school age and a lot of the things that a lot of the studies and things that they look at are much further down the road in regards to speech and Mm -hmm. social development and language development, just as Katie was speaking to you know, there's always new things that come up with a baby that's been in the NICU, especially one that's a micro preemie.
1: And yeah.
0: but I genuinely feel that it doesn't get less important just as they get older. You'll realize further down the road how important it is because when you see them grasping on to language and speech and things like that, it's amazing. And I know, you know, I always say. And we're so blessed that he's done as well as he has. But so much of that, I think, again, it just reminds me every day, especially in these school age years, how we read to him every day. My husband or I did kangaroo care with him three to six hours a day. I obviously had my hands in there every day. So he knew my voice, you know. So I just want parents to know, again, it's not just the right here and right now. Obviously, that's really important. If you are currently a NICU parent, obviously, we want you to be involved. But I'm telling you, That your involvement is so impactful, not just today and not even in three months or a year, but in years down the road, you know, seven to 10 years down the road. And even as Katie mentioned, even in their teenage years. So just don't underestimate how important your involvement is.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love how you're just talking straight to the parents because I think, again, I mean, you're living in this acute state when your baby's in the NICU you know you're you're not necessarily thinking like oh how are they going to be doing in school are they going to be talking on time you know you're thinking oh my right. gosh are they going to make it are they going to make it are they going to survive and that's not lost on me to like think about that so sometimes when i talk about this we talk about you know development and sensory you know sensory processing dysfunction those can feel like these really little problems essentially to have but when i talked with a mama who's child is about 6 years old now, 7 years old. She's like, "You know what? We had every diagnosis of a micropremie. She said we had chronic lung disease, we had ROP, we got laser eye surgery, we had NEC, we got reanastomose. We had all of these things that are are huge, huge medical concerns and huge things." And she goes, "But you know what the, the biggest struggle we have now is the sensory issues." And she's like, it's just so interesting how all of those medical diagnoses faded away. Obviously very intense and very traumatic and important in the moment. But she's like, you know what? It's just interesting how now when we look at life and how she's able to engage with the world, it's the sensory processing difficulties that are holding her back from participating in what she wants to do or that are making parenting difficult or whatever it may be. So I had someone who was like, I'm just glad you guys think about that for us in a time when sometimes we can't. So there's empowerment there for providers to not be afraid to talk about this stuff, to not be afraid to talk about and encourage positive touch and kangaroo care, even when it feels like that's like the least of our worries right now. Because you can think about as a provider, but parents sometimes can't get there, but it does make a difference. It makes a huge difference.
0: No, it absolutely does. And yes, I, I completely agree with you when you're in that moment, especially in the first couple of weeks, or even, you know, a month or two into it, when you feel like you're never going to get out of the NICU, it only feels like you can only see a couple of days, if not weeks ahead, certainly not months or years. Mm-hmm. And the sensory, again, it brings so true because, the unit that I worked in has currently now a small baby unit. When William was there, we did not, you know, so we developed it after and he does overall well, but he does not do well with loud noises at all. He actually wants to play basketball would and actually can shoot the ball pretty well and would mm-hmm. play, but the buzzer about puts him over the edge that he cannot play right. basketball. He can't play. And he actually, to the point that he doesn't, at all of his birthday parties, we've learned he, nobody can sing him happy birthday because it is too much for him to handle. He cannot go to my niece or nephew's basketball games because he is constantly so worried about the buzzer. He's already covering his ears. And when I tell people that, they're just like, wow, they don't, again, you don't think about that and how that affects a seven-year-old, but it it affects his
1: life. right?
0: You know, we, we try to work the best we can with him. So yeah, so... Mm-hmm. All of these things that we do as providers and clinicians and trying to make it developmentally appropriate and minimize the noise and all the stimuli is so crucial. So again, we're getting a little bit off track, but I just, when you said that, it's just so interesting because again, parents just don't think about it. I don't want to scare parents for the future, but just know that yes, there are lingering effects. You know, you can get out of the NICU you can get home and baby will grow and thrive and that is all that we want but just know that it's not atypical or abnormal for your premature baby to have some of these issues in the school age years and beyond it's not abnormal at all because again I think I it's important for people to know that they're not alone in
1: that right absolutely and again that's we could just chat for you know we could chat forever we could just talk about cuz that's you know we talked about a uh... We talk about, oh, this is going to, you know, if you, if you do this, then your baby's going to have this really beautiful outcome. And, you know, you're saying we hold our baby skin to skin every day and we read to him every day. All of these, like, all, checked all the boxes as far as development goes. And, you know, your son's beautiful and, th- and thriving and doing well. But then you also have the handful of parents who do all of those things and their child ends up having a neurologic diagnosis or something else that has struggled. So for those parents, you still did all of the right things.
0: (laughs) Right. Absolutely.
1: Too. And it's just that when we're in the moment, the goal here is to use what we know supports your baby's development. What do we know you can do now? Not wait. At 23 weeks, while your baby's intubated, on a ventilator, on all their drips, on everything, that we work to mediate the effects. We're not going to know the effects, but we're going to do everything we possibly can to support a positive outcome.
0: Absolutely. Well, Katie, I so appreciate you joining me today. I think, again, we could have several discussions and go on and on (laughs) for hours. I really appreciate all your knowledge and everything that you've shared. If people wanted to get in contact with you or find you on social media, do you want to share how they can find you so they can reach out for further information if they'd like to?
1: Sure. So I didn't mention this in my introduction, but I run a business called Blooming Littles, kind of a, a passion project that emerged out of the pandemic when I found out that parents were not able to visit their babies that visitation shut down. I was like, well, how are people supposed to learn about their babies? (laughs) So I just decided to start, you know, blogging and started an Instagram account on all of these developmental topics that I talk with parents at the bedside about. So you can find me on Instagram at Blooming Littles, Facebook at Blooming Littles, Pinterest at Blooming Littles. I mean, really, where are we not these days? And then bloominglittles.com, which houses like our blog, which is written for parents. Encouragement from not only me, but also speech language pathologists and people who just have a heart for babies and families to offer you just some hope and some education on things that you can be doing and look for for your baby. And then there's, you know, some webinars and some fun things coming this year Um, so always feel free to reach out through any of those outlets. I love connecting and supporting you however I can with your NICU journey, whether you're a provider or a parent.
0: Yes. Katie has great information. So please check it out. I highly recommend it. It's how she and I actually found each other. Like I said, we're both very passionate about parental involvement and We want you to just strongly know that you, as a parent, make a difference. And so just don't ever forget it. Don't minimize it. And if you're ever concerned or you don't know what to do, then just ask the NICU care team how you can help or how you can be involved. So thank you so much, Katie, for joining us. I so appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank Katie again for joining us and sharing her expertise and passion for our high-risk NICU population. Remember, the NICU is a safe rehearsal space for you as parents to learn to care for your baby at your own pace. It is the time you can openly ask the care team questions, begin to learn your baby's cues, and become engaged, whether it is with positive touch, skin-to-skin care, or feeding your baby with a full support system around you. Do not underestimate your purpose as a parent, even if your baby is in the NICU. You not only matter to your infant and their success, you are the therapy for your baby and they need you. Use the knowledge you obtain during your baby's time in the NICU and become empowered to care for them. So when they are ready to go home, you will be confident and prepared. Once you recognize the importance of your role as a parent to your baby, even in the NICU, your anxiety and stress will decrease. It will enhance your ability to bond with your baby, promote continued engagement, and ultimately result in positive developmental outcomes for your baby. Yes, you as a parent can actually change the trajectory of your infant's developmental outcomes by being present, learning and responding to your infant's cues, and by giving them the love they need. As always, please consider sharing our podcast with anyone who would gain some value from it. For an opportunity to win a copy of our NICU journal, Our NICU Roadmap, take a screenshot while you're listening to this episode and tag us at Empowering NICU Parents. For show notes, links mentioned in the episode, and Katie's contact information, head to empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash episode 27. Thank you for tuning in to the Empowering NICU Parents podcast and have an amazing day. Remember, once empowered with knowledge, you have the ability to change the course. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Empowering NICU Parents podcast. For the show notes and any links mentioned in the episode, head to empoweringnicuparents.com. I would love to hear more from you on the topics you want to hear. So make sure you let me know in the comments section. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode and consider leaving a rating. Five stars would be awesome so we can help other NICU families. Remember, if you have any questions or concerns with your NICU baby, please consult their medical care team. Until next time, friends. Bye.